podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Leeds Up podcast. I'm James and I'm joined by Rocco Dean. Hello. Bloody hell. It's, we're, record, we're recording after the Man United scum draw Old Trafford, or what turned out to be a draw in the end, and just what a what a week it's been so far, and we're only on Wednesday. Obviously, the main news this week was that Jesse Marsh um, is gone, and when we last spoke, it obviously felt like that was, that was going to happen. Thank God. Thank God. He was right, though. We were one step away from being a good team and just needed a new manager. <laughs> it needed no manager. <laughs> yeah, yeah it was, that was a fantastic performance. That It sort of feels like the players were like wanted to prove that Jesse was an idiot, to be honest. <laughs> was like, that's the feeling I get. Well, there's not been any messages, has there, from the players like thanking him or anything like that whatsoever. Like, complete radio silence, if I'm not mistaken. There's, there's a... A wee bit of tinge of sadness from me and just that it's not nice when you see a sacking, is there? But as soon as that feeling uh washed away, I was kinda like, Yeah, come on, we just need to move on. This this was the right this was the right decision. I know it's a man who's lost his job, but it's a hundred percent the right thing to do. And I think for months we've sort of had hints of oh, this isn't really the right thing, but I think the the belief that that kills you, isn't it? That you think, well, one day maybe it will come good, and maybe like this will click, and it just never did, and it never, never ever felt like it was gonna. And 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 I think it ultimately is the right decision. And since then, Rad Rizani's been on Twitter as well, hasn't he? Yeah, always a good, always a good idea. Someone said, and it's so true. They're like, he always oversells and underdelivers, doesn't he? I can't believe he did that. I mean, like. He's been involved in football for quite some time. Unless he's actually got an agreement with a manager. Like, why post that? It's just, I mean, it's nothing. I'm not bothered, but like, it's just, just daft, isn't it? Yeah. So anyone who didn't see it, he said that they were expecting white smoke last night or this morning, as in a new manager would be signed, but that obviously didn't happen. And I get what he's saying. He's basically trying to say, look, we're not sitting still on this. We are moving as fast as we possibly can, but it's, it's yeah. managing, managing expectations and, so in in the run up to the game, it's obviously announced that Skibala, Gallardo, and who else is it? Oh, Armas, Chris Armas. That's it. We're going to be taking the reins for the the game. And when you think about it, it's you've got a former futsal coach, someone who was in charge of Toronto FC's worst defeat, and another one that was suspended for chewing on his team members' penis as well. Allegedly, you think, well, that is that. That is the sort of combo that would go to Old Trafford and, and probably probably get some sort of result for Leeds. I don't think it was alleged. I've seen the video footage. <laughs> I'm staying with alleged because I don't I don't know what the legal ramifications are of this sort of okay. thing. See, yeah, you couldn't ride it. You really couldn't. What a job they did. They, they set the team up sort of how I wanted them to. But, you know, I, I I don't know if it was four three three, but it seemed it seemed that way in the first half, and I. That's what I've wanted. I've wanted them just to set up like that and, and play like a normal team. And they were just absolutely awesome. But like individually as well, you know, we'll, we'll come to it. I, I could eulogize about every one of the defenders. They were just brilliant, you know, like apart from one or two little mistakes. And, you know, Cock got punished on the Rashford goal, I think, for maybe being a bit flat-footed. But 
otherwise they were just brilliant. Like what a performance by all of them. And Ailing was, yeah, just utterly immense. What a performance by him. You can't ask for a better start. Or, or maybe you can, because sometimes going ahead that early puts a lot of pressure on you as well, because you know you've got to hold the lead. But regardless of that, Nyonto was brilliant in that goal and he just keeps popping up and he's he's unstoppable. Yeah, and it was such a nice finish, wasn't it? It's was so clinical, which we've come to expect from him. He's just so good. He gets better and better. It's funny though, isn't it? That goal was all build up from the wing out wide, wasn't it? <laughs> so it, it weird, was. weird, weird seeing us play with the width of a football pitch. Yeah, no, it was absolutely. And a nice little flick inside from Bamford and yeah, capitalizing on and a little bit of space. It wasn't all congested, was it? He had a bit of space to actually play one too. Yeah, lovely stuff. What a, what a start. I was, I was off my seat and suddenly wasn't expecting a 6-1 defeat anymore. It's funny how as well, your heart sort of drops, doesn't it? When, you know, Pascal gets a ball absolutely smashed at his face by Rashford and, and Sinistera's hamstrings probably burst into a million pieces as well by the, by the looks of it. And you just think, oh God, this is like, why, why us? And uh, I, thought it was, I, thought, I thought it was funny when the commentator said, and we're switching a left back on for another left back. It's like, actually, we're switching a left back on for a centre back who's been playing left back because he hasn't been very good recently, but it's not the same. No, he played well though, didn't he, Furpo, actually? There was, a, there was a couple of Furpo moments in a brilliant foul in the second half when someone was just cleaned through. But yeah, it was like Man U in the first half. Like everything was down the left where it was a Garnaccio against Ailing, and he obviously got absolutely no joy. And then they've got Rashford versus Furpo on the other side and they never, ever used it. Like, and then in yeah. the second half, all they did was swap Rashford to put him on Ailing. Like, what is that? Weird one. Yeah, I thought whilst we're on the subject of Lynn, I thought he was so good. He was really good against Garnaccio. A couple of times, you know, he got around him because he's just that sort of quick player, isn't he? But ultimately, he he had him under control and just it was just experience that that shone, wasn't it? He's yeah. you know he's a thirty odd year old player who obviously can't keep up with young fast wingers, but it's just his his mind was ahead and he, he was so good. I I love seeing it, Luke Allen have a good performance because he still gets a bit of stick. Like when I look through Twitter and I, I see people slagging him off, I just think why? Like why he's such a even such a great servant of our club. He loves playing for Leeds. He's he's always he always plays to the best of his ability. He's always a seven or an eight, isn't he? You, you get, and he's been like that since we were mid-championship. Yeah, it really annoys me, to be honest. You see it all the time. And, you know, some people seem to actually think that he's, he's not good enough. Other people think that, you know, we just need new players and, and you know, you just write the old ones off because, I don't know, because the way to get better is by getting new players. But... Ailing's good. Ailing's had a, I don't think he's had a bad season whatsoever. He's come in, he's replaced Christensen. He's 31. I think he's coming up to being 32, like by the beginning of next season, unless I'm mistaken. He's got loads of years left in him. He's fine. Like we, we should, he should be on a new contract for me. I, absolutely. And also the fact that he's experienced, you know, you need experienced people. You need people that, that have, you know, got, got a feeling for the club and, you know, has been through thick and thin with us. It's invaluable. So yeah, I, I love Aileen and yeah, he proved it tonight. What what a great performance. I think Christensen also said that about Ailing that he just loves learning from him because he's got the experience of playing at this level and you can't you can't uh, you can't get rid of that sort of thing and and 
underperceive underperceive its value if that's even a phrase you know what i mean there's there's great value in that to bring into the rest of the team and it shouldn't be overlooked and so three minutes into the second half we scored another somerville <laughs> Some, somerville came on as a sub and it was ridiculous I, I didn't i did not see that coming Nah, I was worried about the the handball thing with Cock. I didn't, obviously, I don't think anyone knows the rules. So I didn't know whether they could check that, whether it hit his arm. I'm not sure that, yeah, until they'd stopped showing replays and they actually showed the play ongoing with the scoreboard at 2-0. I was like, I was just holding back. But yeah, it was, oh God, what a moment, 2-0 off. <laughs> also, forgetting, I've just jumped ahead, but at the end of the second half as well, there was that Martinez where he sort of left his foot in on, Bamford as well, where he like kicked him in the head, and the, I mean, there was there was cries for it to maybe be a sending off, which, yeah, it's one of them you've seen given, isn't it? I he knew what he was doing. I think so. I mean, if I was making the rules of football, that wouldn't be a red card, but you know, if it was the other way around, I imagine it would have been a red. And you you'll see them given you know plenty of times in the season, a bit like the yellow card for McKenney when he was just stood there and the guy booted the ball against him. I'm sure that's happened loads of times and, and it's not a booking. You know, Sinisteras was a booking because, you know, when he got sent off because he actually poked his leg out and stops the kick. But just standing there, you know, it normally just gets waved away and, and you know, maybe a little ticking off. But yeah, that annoyed me because then we had two midfielders on a booking. But yeah, thankfully it didn't, uh, didn't affect anything. It was good though, McKenney, wasn't he? Yeah, I was just going to say, let's talk about McKenney because I think after the first game of his, well, his, the, his first appearance, I was a bit like, eh, not really sure what, what he's going to bring. And hindsight, that was probably the tactics and been thrown into the game when he was. But I thought he was so, he was so strong and he, he'd pick the ball up, spread it or move us up the field quite quickly. And I didn't think, I didn't think he had that in him because he just doesn't look like the sort of person that can move, move that yeah. quick, which is so bad that I think that, but I just do. And yeah, he was really good. And he, he's, his support, like moving out to the wings as well was Really, really good. Helping with build-up play, breaking stuff up. Yeah, great, great player. He could be a, a big difference for us once he settles in, I think. Yeah, he definitely could. He looks an all-around midfielder to me. Yeah, up and down, good on the ball, gets stuck in, and, and a good understanding with Adams, you know, picking the right options all the time, pretty much. Them two look a good partnership. I'm, I'm excited about that. I feel like that will, that will really, really move us on. It's good. He, yeah, I was really impressed. I was a bit worried. I mean, I'm always worried about signings that I don't know anything about. But no, he, he, looked, he, looked, the, he looked the real deal tonight. So, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a, another tick for Victor. Well done, Victor. Very good, Victor. There was a few passes that went astray and we were losing the ball just before we got into their final third. And and it's, a bit, it's almost a bit harsh to shine a light on that because I think Man United are just good at scummer, good at covering in those scenarios. But also as well, if we are changing the patterns of play that we've been doing with Jesse to something new and using wit, the players aren't going to be where you think, where you are automatically used to them being. And I thought Brendan Aronson was really good when he came on, considering his appendix burst a few days ago or whatever. I don't know whether they burst. But I thought he was really good. And again, it's because he was able to use wit. He was able to use the wings. He was turning and just being able to pass it out wide. And we said it on the last podcast that part of the, the frustration probably for him is that He's always just turning into trouble. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah, and space to operate again, you know, just, you know, it's not, it's, yeah, we're not bu bumping into each other as, as, you know, people have always said. Yeah, he was, he did look improved and unlucky with the free kick as well. Although, God, that was, oh, yeah. that, that was the worst wall I've ever seen. Like, what were they doing? 
wasn't even a wall. It was like a, it was a passage. So he was unlucky with that. He played well. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean though as well. In the first half, especially Harrison, I think he played well, but he was wasteful. Like a lot of times where we had, you know, really good situations and he just seemed to pick passes that were never on at all. You know, it's not like he misplaced them even. He just sort of seemed to try and do something that was just never there. That was a bit frustrating, but yeah, yeah. it's picking really. I saw Skubala having a chat about him once he'd sprayed a few like loose rubbish passes. And yeah, I, I think it's just, how, well, you never know with Jack dear because it's, there's times where you just think he hasn't really got that end product. But I think as soon as they start getting coached properly in a new system, it'll all, all fit into place. He's done it before, you know, in a, in a wide team under Bielsa, he was mentioned his name. Yeah. But he's, he's done it. So if something changes, I think it'll click into gear because he's a, he is a good player. His touches are ridiculous where he plucks things out of air and all of a sudden we're in control and we're moving their entire team up the pitch. So he's a great player. We just need him to do that last bit a little bit better, please, mate. Yeah, he's got it in him. I mean, I've always thought, well, in fact, me and you both had him down as our player of the year this season, didn't we? At the start of the season, he was our pick. I didn't um, know we were going to sign Yonto. No, true. But yeah, I, I, I still think Harrison could take his game to another level. I mean, you know, he's he's got the technique. He's He's got everything there. He just, uh, yeah, just needs to click with that, that final pass. He, I mean, he can do it. It's just the consistency, I guess. It's like he overthinks stuff. Like almost like he just needs to stop thinking and just do. And and maybe yeah. that and maybe that comes from just, you know, doing the same patterns of play and repeating stuff. And like yeah. I say, when we get a coach, maybe that'll come about. And obviously they got back into the game. They put us under so much pressure. They made some good subs, Jaden Sancho coming on for starters. Because he's been he's been really hit and miss for them, hasn't he? But he's all of a sudden coming good, which is a bit annoying. Yeah, yeah. It's, he, he's been a funny one, hasn't he? I mean, he was about 80 million in there. And he's just been completely frozen out this season, as far as I know. So yeah, typical that he comes on and, and does it against us. But yeah, I mean, thereafter, I mean, I was I just didn't expect that we'd be able to hold on. But we actually, I thought we did brilliantly to weather the storm. You know, we looked like we'd lost our composure for 10 minutes, but... I think it might even have been when Adams went down and they had a corner and he just, he went to the deck holding his groin, shall we say. And just, it just took the, just took the pressure off a little bit. It's, yeah, I mean, we complain like hell when it, when it goes against us, but that was a really clever thing to do. And after that, we, we, I thought we did very well. I, you know, we handled the situation brilliantly. We, I didn't, I didn't think in the last five or 10 minutes or five plus injury time, I didn't think we were ever under that much pressure you know Melier made a couple of good saves and dealt with corners and you know the odd scramble but nothing you know nothing intense I thought I thought they did really really well I was I was yeah massively impressed it looked sore and Adams getting hit in the pennies didn't it but um, I thought I thought because we've we've talked about the, the defense as an overall unit but Wober Wober and uh, Cock were were so good like Wober is just throws himself into absolutely everything doesn't he yeah, so many important blocks. They're not least the one off the line, although yeah, I mean, terrible finish. But you know, he, he got himself in position, and and there was others as well. You know, last ditch ones that quite hard to make out sometimes that he's been the one, but it always seems to be Boba that, that's got there. Yeah, really impressed. He's done. He's 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 done great. Looks like a really good find, doesn't he? Yeah, he looks good. And I think as a defensive unit, they moved so much better. And I, you know, it's so early to say. But in comparison to what they have done recently, because 
in that first half in particular, they were just pinging the ball out to Garnacho and doing what usually, doing the thing that usually undoes Leeds United, which is passing it out to, to their winger and there being acres of space. But they never seemed to really get anything beyond that. And that's obviously Luke Aylin having a good game, like we say, but it felt like everyone was in the right place and where they needed to be from beyond that point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they were, I mean, it's funny really because it was a completely different performance to a Jesse Marsh performance. And I know he said in the press conference that it'd be basically the same with a few tweaks, which is probably a smart thing to say, you know, if it, if it fooled Man U, because to me it was absolutely chalk and cheese and it took him two days to, to uh, instill his philosophy on the team where Marsh couldn't do it in 11 months. Just baffling. Raffling. I'm I'm more annoyed about Marsh now that he's gone, to be honest. Now that like all the hope has been extinguished that he might turn it around. Oh, I can't believe we did that. <laughs> You'd say a team with clarity and full of bravery, wouldn't you? Pretty much they were, actually. Another thing he said, right? I don't think there's anything else to cover on the game other than probably a point is decent. You would have taken it beforehand, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a good point. And yeah, take heart going into the second leg on Sunday. It's, it's going to be awesome. I mean, if, if Man U don't have players back, which I don't think they do, I think we can beat them. I really do. I mean, they cost. How could they sign him? <laughs> Never touched the ball. Like, I, I don't even know if I'm going to bother touching Wood because surely he's not going to, he can't play. Like, he didn't, literally didn't have a kick of the ball. Touch Wood, just in case. Speaking of Wood, he was a bit like Chris Wood, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. Man of the match, Luke Aylin, hundred percent. Honestly, like I, I, I've I've marked a lot of Leeds matches in my life from when I was a kid, and then like when I was writing the Bielsa books, and I've given like three ten out of tens in my life, but I would give Aylin a ten tonight. That was just brilliant. I absolutely loved it. Well done, Bill. I'm gonna completely agree with you, Luke Aylin. The amount of pressure they put on us down that side was ridiculous, and. For someone, like we said earlier, does get does get some pelters and some ageist people, I guess, as well. But he was so good. And yeah, he's going to make it really hard for Christensen to get back in the team, which is what you want. You want that competitiveness everywhere. You want it to be difficult for people to get in the team because we're playing well. So, And I think we mentioned it on the last podcast about him, him knowing the standard and what it takes. And what a great example that is for any new player coming into the team. Yeah. I'd give an honourable mention to Adams as well. I thought he was excellent. And also, like, he played it like a, a proper lead Man U game. You know, he was getting absolutely flying into the tackles. And and I think all of them as well, you know, they, they really did treat the occasion like it should be. You know, in the past, under Bielsa, we, you know, we were rabbits in headlights. And, you know, just it was just an absolute disaster. But today... They just they just played it perfectly. Every single one of them was completely at it. It was just brilliant. And so yeah, big ask I suppose to do the same again on Sunday. But bloody hell, there's, there's going to be adrenaline pumping with the atmosphere, and I think everyone's just going to be just frothing at the mouth for that game on Sunday. The atmosphere is going to be awesome. And to be honest, I do wonder whether Man U will be like you know quaking in the boots a little bit of the, of the thought of you know facing Leeds again in that sort of form and and with our fans behind us this time uh, yeah I fancy it yeah it could be good it could hit well it's like all these things it could go one way or the other and I hope <laughs> but I hope it goes our way we should probably just quickly touch on new managers um, yeah we talked about it at the start obviously but there's been 
loads of chatter originally around Carlos Corber. Who I don't think, reading today, I don't think um, they ever actually had a conversation with him about it or whatever. But maybe his agent just played a great game. He's like, I've read on Twitter that there's that you're pretty high up odds for, or pretty decent odds for getting the Leeds job. Do you want me to go speak to the chairman about a new contract? <laughs> yeah, go on then. <laughs> that would be shrewd. I think they probably did. You know, we, I would imagine that he was the one that Rabs was confident of appointing last night. And I mean, there's been talk of him like only being offered an 18 month contract, and that's why that's why he wouldn't he wouldn't sign up. Which is weird. If he's the first choice, why like why would we only give him 18 months? So, yeah, you don't know what to believe. The other guys that have been linked, is, am I right to say that a couple of them have? said that they weren't they're not interested now i think Ariola has has turned it down according to some spanish reports just before the match and i think slot as well was not looking particularly likely i don't know i don't know what the latest is really do you no that's that's the same as what i've heard and, and read and yeah probably by the time this podcast goes out there'll be news on who we have got and it will be steve bruce so that's an hootuff yeah oh god it's terrifying isn't it um, yeah but i don't know I don't know what I want, really. Do, like, do you do you have anyone? Have you got any sort of burning desires? I mean, realistically, it's so difficult. Like, I think I kind of respect Iriola for staying where he is because it's like, well, why why would you be if you're on such a good thing there? And it's a big risk to go into Premier League in a relegation battle. I think you would just love. It's never going to happen, but Pochettino would be the one for me who he just he, you know. At Tottenham, he just got the best out of a lot of young players and a lot of players that were breaking through. And you think, well, that's exactly the sort of person you'd need now to get the most out of these players. But I just don't know whether it's the right time. And But we're not going to sign someone short. We want someone who's the future manager who's hopefully with us for a few years. And to be fair, it's a horrendous task to probably go out and find the right person for the job. And I'm glad it's not me, but Equally, I would have made the decision weeks ago and given ourselves more time and made the job easier. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I, I feel like, and this sounds like really negative, but I do feel like they need to get a manager who's going to be here next season, no matter what, which is what they did with Marsh. You know, they always said that they'd be keeping him even if he took us down. So I just think we need, yeah, I, I, if we get a good proper manager in, you know, with the talent that we've got, you know, I, I feel like, a lot of the young guys will stay. I, I don't think if we went down, I don't think there would, you know, I don't think there'd be a mass exodus. Hopefully we'd have to worry about that. But what I'm saying is if we got the appointment right, I'd be feeling like pretty good about the club again. But yeah, who I, I won't be able to judge until we see them and we hear them talking and we see how the team responds. But yeah, I mean, looking at that performance tonight, surely we've got enough to be able to pull away from it like surely that I mean that, they're a good team like they played like that they played like they did at Anfield and you'd like to think that now that we're not just completely condensed in the middle of the park we'll be able to tear through teams like Southampton and Everton I, I, I really hope so and I, and I expect so I think I think we've got enough surely to to get away from it you really want them to be up for every game like they were today. I know Man United is is a different beast, especially for some of the newer players. They'll be well up for being in the Premier League and playing against Man United, but you so need them to come out like that in every game and be so up for it because it's going to be such a hard slog. I, I, there are all the old cliches out there, but no game is an easy game, but it's not. The Premier League is ri ridiculous now. You think about Wolves signing Cunha for like 50 million or whatever, and they're on the 
precipice of relegation as well. It's it's just absolutely insane. So yeah. it, it's it's going to be hard. We need someone to come in the door and steady the ship, as they say, as soon as possible. Fingers crossed we get the right person. Yeah, and I think tonight's probably like but us some time. I don't think anyone will be worried about the same manager or same team taking the team into the next game. So that that has bought them time. So that's a, a real positive, really, because if we'd have lost heavily tonight, they'd have been under massive pressure to to get something done. And, you know, even it would have weakened the hands with negotiations and stuff. And then, you know, you, you start panicking, don't you? So, yeah, now we can, I think we can all just relax a bit and uh, let Scoobs do his thing. Scoob ball. Brilliant. Scooby-Doo. I think relax is the good is a good word to use there, Rocco. And I'm absolutely knackered now. Like <laughs> is it like these evening games, like you said, you struggle to sleep afterwards and it'll be the same now. You just you run over things in your mind and you run over all the things that you've just said there. Like you think about, oh, well, in negotiations now, this is gonna be better because they could see that we've got a good set of players. They drew <laughs> it's like your head your head is a buzz all night. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna try and relax. Hope you do too. And uh, yeah, we'll be back early next week after the uh, Man United game at Ellen Road and Rocco sign us off. Gonna um, come on. Podcast Network.